My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You all sounded good on the third verse of Beautiful Savior. Nicely done. Um, there's a line in there, Jesus shines brighter than all the angels of the sky, which is a nice uh, entree to our theme today. As you heard during Kathy's children's sermon, this is Transfiguration Sunday. Uh, it's a minor festival in the church here where, where we recount the story of how Jesus goes up on a high mountain with three of his closest disciples, Peter, James, and John. Importantly, uh, Moses and Elijah are with them there when he is transfigured and there's a voice from heaven. So I want to talk about that today, and I'm reminded that like most minor festivals in the church year, Transfiguration concludes, or in some cases minor festivals begin, one of the seasons of the church year. It's a bookend to um, the season of Epiphany. Uh, and so I want to talk about Transfiguration this morning in, in terms of two ways of thinking about it uh, as a bookend. And the first way is the one I just mentioned, namely that it concludes the season of Epiphany. Epiphany is a season where uh, God is made known. Epiphany means making known. Epiphany begins with another minor festival, the baptism of Jesus, which we celebrated in January, uh, during which we had our major confirmation uh, celebration here. So those two festivals, Baptism of Jesus and Epiphany uh, bookend, uh, or, or excuse me, Baptism of Jesus and Transfiguration bookend the season of Epiphany, uh, there's another way that they are bookends to one another too, which has to do with the gospel passages for each of them. Uh, there is a, a line in both the Baptism of Jesus and in the story of Epiphany uh, that is almost identical. And it's when God speaks to Jesus. And here's what God says to Jesus at the baptism, again, the beginning of the season of, of Epiphany. This is my son, God says, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We probably all have heard that. We remember that. And then the transfiguration. We heard Clark read this just a few moments ago from the 17th chapter of Matthew where God says on the mountaintop, this is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. So again, the theme of Epiphany is making known, and both of these disclosures by God reinforce that theme. They make uh, known the identity of Jesus. At the baptism of Jesus, they particularly make known or reinforce Jesus' identity for himself. He's about ready to begin his public ministry, so it's a way of God affirming what he is about to embark on. Here at the Transfiguration, it becomes a little more public. Peter, James, and John also here uh, clarified who Jesus is. Now, as you heard Kathy say, um, in the Transfiguration, three additional words are added to this famous quote. Um, and those words are, listen to him. This is my son, the beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And because of the context here, those three words are very important in expanding and extending and deepening even more our understanding of who Jesus is. You'll remember I mentioned that Moses and Elijah are there on the high place with Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. Moses, of course, represents the law, sort of a personification of the law. He gives the law, the Ten Commandments. We heard that in the first reading today. And Elijah is an important prophet. So there on the mountaintop, you have personified the law, 
and the prophets, which is a way of, of shorthand of talking about the Hebrew scriptures, what we Christians would call the Old Testament. So when you've got Moses and Elijah there in the high place with Jesus, Peter, James, and John, and God says, this is my son, my beloved, uh, in him I am well pleased, listen to him. What he's saying is, yes, the law and the prophets are still important, but Jesus is going to help you understand them in a new and different way. And instead of just rules, uh, we will have a relationship. Instead of just laws, you will have a person. Um, Jesus himself in his own teaching, and we've been talking about this in the last few weeks in the Sermon on the Mount, often reinforces this point. He has this very uh, normal phrase he uses, you have heard it said, when he usually lifts up a law, but, he says, I say to you. That again is one of the ways that Jesus is extending and expanding the message of the law and the prophets. The most famous uh, example of that is when the Pharisees try to trap him and ask him which Jesus is the most important commandment. And Jesus famously says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That's the most important. And another is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. On those two commandments, on those two laws, Jesus says, hang all the law and the prophets. So again, Jesus here on a high place is being elevated to take the place, really, of the Law and the Prophets. So that's the first set of bookends I want to talk about. Again, the season of Epiphany bookended by Baptism of Jesus and Transfiguration, which are all about helping us understand who Jesus is, not only the Messiah, but the Messiah who extends and expands the Law and the Prophets. The second set of bookends I want to mention has to do with the people who are there on the mountains, the disciples I'm talking about specifically, Peter, James, and John. And their presence is a bookend because in the Gospel of Matthew, this is the first time they appear alone with Jesus. They're sort of the closest disciples, the insiders. And the next time they appear, the other bookend, is at the Garden of Gethsemane. And we'll get to that, of course, as we move into Holy Week at the end of Lent. Now, just as there was a theme to the first bookends, maybe mainly lifting up the identity of Jesus, there is also a theme to these other two bookends, the three disciples. And I guess there's no easy way or, or nice way to say that the theme is the disciples don't get it right. They, in both cases, they mess up. In the case of the Transfiguration, what you need to know, by the way, about the Transfiguration is it comes immediately after Jesus um, has disclosed that he's going to have to go to Jerusalem and die. So he tells his disciples this. The disciples do not want to hear this. And now all of a sudden, there they are on a nice high place, and Jesus is dazzling white, and the world is good, right? And Peter says in that moment, hey, this is kind of nice. It's a lot better than being down on the ground where we're heading to Jerusalem and you're going to die. So how about we stay here? Okay? And so he is speaking and he says, I have an idea, Jesus. Why don't I make some tents and booths for us so we can stay up here? While he is still speaking, we are told in the gospel reading, God interrupts him. Now, you can be sure you're on the wrong path when you're on a high place and you have an idea and it is interrupted by the voice of God. Okay? So clearly, when God says, listen to him, he's not only reinforcing the identity of Jesus, he's saying, no, Peter, that's not the best idea. Jesus has another idea, follow him. And indeed, when they come down from the mountain, Jesus begins healing again and makes his way to Jerusalem. So the wrong on the mountain at the Transfiguration, that's one bookend. 
On the other bookend, at the Garden of Gethsemane, you probably remember this story. And again, we'll re retell it again later in Lent. But Jesus is feeling alone and isolated. He is deeply afraid. And so what he says to Peter, James, and John is, would you stay with me? I'm really scared. I need some friends to surround me and to support me. And do you remember what those friends do in the Garden of Gethsemane? They fall asleep. They don't get that right either. They can't even stay up a night to support the friend that they love. So in both cases, in both cases of this bookend, the disciples fail. They get it wrong. They make mistakes. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, that's kind of good news in a way. Because it makes me realize, well, if Jesus' closest disciples don't always get it right and he still loves them, maybe there's hope for me. Because I am sure that I am not always getting it right either. Can I get an amen? amen. That was very nice. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so backing up, one way to sort of summarize these two bookends is, again, the first set, it reinforces the identity of Jesus. We are reminded that Jesus is God. Second set of book, bookends, one way to summarize it is to remind us that the disciples, and therefore us, are most decidedly not God. Jesus is God, we are not. And it seems to me that that's an awfully good place to leave it as we come to the conclusion of the season of Epiphany, which is again all about clarifying who God is and who we are. And it's also a good place to leave it as we begin to enter into the season of Lent when we are reminded once again of something that Martin Luther, and again this is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, would be delighted to remind us of, and that is that we cannot save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. And so instead during Lent, we watch as Jesus makes his way to the cross to die for us and to save us, even though we don't deserve it. And in the face of that kind of love, it seems to me all we can do is what the disciples on the mountain did, and that is to bow down and worship our God and King. Amen.